been smoking. You been smoking? We been smoking all day. I be smoking. You been smoking? We been smoking all day. In three, two, one, action. What's up, everybody? It's Tony Tone. And welcome to Snurbage, the podcast. And it is... It's our 20th episode, and I, it's been a while since I've done one of these and shit, but it's our 20th fucking episode, so yay! A little over a year I've been doing this. A year and some change. It's been fun, man. I really I, I really enjoy this. I love sitting in my office, looking around and just bullshitting with nobody, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Snurbage the podcast welcome god damn it welcome and it's a special snurbage the podcast because like i said it's our 20th episode and one of the reasons why i ended up doing one today is because i found it my buddy had it again he brought along he brought me another bag of the alba snatch this is round two of the alba snatch which was our first episode uh, so this being our 20th episode, and I found that I knew it was going to be our, my 20th episode and everything, but um, uh, I just fucking, I found this, and I was like, I'm going to fucking pick some up, and here I am with you guys, 20th episode, and I got the shit that's, it's like, I have not had anything that has been this good since, so we're going to make, hopefully it's the same kind of shit, and hopefully it just took him a little while to to get me another little, you know, to get another batch going and stuff. So, so yeah, uh, if you're kind of new to the podcast, you know, I just smoke weed and talk about stuff and, um, and happy belated Halloween. I really wanted to get an episode out for Halloween and stuff like that, but I've just, I've been busy, man. Got a couple different jobs and been working the hell out of those and all sorts of shit. Um, so yeah, man, it's been good. And everything. It's been tough, but you know, money wise and stuff, but it's been, it's, I've been having, you know, we're doing all right. But, uh, so yeah, one of the things I like about this is when people say, Hey, man, I smoked with you today. And I'm like, What? Like, yeah, I listened to your podcast and I smoked with you. I'm like, Oh, right on, you know, because sometimes people don't have anybody to smoke with. And, uh, so yeah, yeah. And I actually got in touch with somebody, um, he is a semi-celebrity. He had his 15 minutes of fame. And I think that the journey since then, and I will say that with, with without feeling bad about, you know, saying that he had his 15 minutes of fame, because I had my 15 minutes of fame when I went out to uh, L.A. and was a part of that. <coughs> part of the Screen Junkies show. Um and and he was he had his 15 minutes of fame and it was a little bit bigger than mine that's for sure but you know i think that his journey since then has been uh, something that i've really enjoyed um following on like facebook and such so um i will i will put a pin in that right there i don't want to spoil anything too much but when i reached out to this dude uh, he was really, really nice, and and he was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, you know that I just like smoke weed on my podcast and everything, right? And he was like, dude, weed saved me from heroin, man. I would love to be on your podcast. And I was like, fucking sweet. I only got like three listeners, man. So, yeah, I'll uh, when I know more, 
I will, I'll, I'll put it out there, but just stay tuned because I have a, my first celebrity guest. I have a couple different, um, kind of semi celebrities that I've been in contact with over the years that I would really like to, um, interview with somebody I would really, I've always wanted to interview is Travis Walton from fire in the sky fame and stuff. If you don't know who Travis Walton is, I'm not going to get into it right now, but you need to look up Travis Walton. Uh, cause he was, um, that was a big influence on me growing up in the ways of the science fiction realm and everything was Travis Walton's story and the subsequent book and film that came out because of it. Um, so yeah, look up Travis Walton. There's a guy named Jared Emick, uh, who was in a, a movie called Andersonville back in the day about the uh, world war, or sorry, world war civil war prison camp. Uh, I think it was called camp Sumner, but it was also called Andersonville. And if you don't know the history and the story of Andersonville, check that shit out too. But he started in the movie. It was like a made for TV series back in the nineties. And it was really good. And it actually had Biff from back to the future in it, which was crazy, but awesome. And also, uh, the, the leader of the Raiders and that is officer, Co officer Koharski from fucking Wayne's world and shit. Hey, I used to say that to fucking cops when I was your age, that dude's in it as the leader of the Raiders and shit. Yeah. There's some good fucking actors in there, man. And it's a good movie. So if I can get Jared Emick on here, that'd be sweet. I was actually, I actually was looking at cool little, like kind of where are they now celebrities that I could reach out to that could, would possibly want to do a little interview with me and stuff. And I was going to look up, um, Michael champion, uh, who played captain cold in the flash series back in the day. And he was in total recall and he was in a lot of stuff, man. Just one of those faces that you always saw, but he was, I always loved seeing him when I was a kid. I was like, Hey, there's that dude, you know? And, and, um, but I looked him up and he died in 2001 and that's, that was really sad. It was just really sad and especially really sad that like, I didn't see anything on Facebook about it. I mean, he, you know, he wasn't a huge actor, but he had some bit roles that were cool and the, the comic book and nerd realms would probably, you know, they would, they would know who he was and everything. So, yeah. Oh, well, but Hey, Alba snatch time. If you don't know the history of the Alba snatch, the very first episode, I got a bag of weed called the Alba Snatch. And when I asked the dude, my dude, like, hey, man, so what's what's Alba Snatch, you know? <coughs> and he's like, it's supposed to taste like Jessica Alba's vagina. I'll, I'll dip into it. I'll see what happens. So <laughs> can't say it tasted like a vagina, but it was heavenly. <laughs> so... I'm sure that there's a, I'm sure that there's a, there's a relation there. <laughs> Stop looking at me like that, Jessica. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a hit of the, the Alba snatch. Here we go. And that is beautiful. That is gorgeous. Tastes like weed out of taste. You know, that's that, that scene in Sin City. She smelled like angels out of smell. This tastes like weed out of taste. <coughs> Good stuff. Oh, yeah. Loving it. Alba Snatch, Volume 2. So, uh, 
this last Saturday, November 5th, I was invited to do a 45-minute long stand-up routine in this little town about 40 miles away from here. And this woman was hyping it up and everything, and she was super nice, and she was going to pay me and and everything like that. And I, I've never done 45 minutes before, man. That's That's tough. But I worked at it for like, I think she gave me a week and a half, and I worked at it for that whole week and a half, man. And I tell you what, I got a good 45 minutes up, you know, and, and, uh, I was really, really excited about it. And I got there and it was, I mean, she told me she was hyping me up too the whole time. Like she had, you know, she made like a little, you know, Facebook poster about it and everything. And, and, um, yeah, she was just really hyping me up. You know, oh, there's, I have all these hunters because there's a bar off of a hotel. She's like, I have all these hunters in and everything, and and they're all they they you know want to take you know they want to take up a, a lot of the tables and everything like that, and and we're gonna be we're gonna be packed in here for you. And I'm just like, okay, cool. You know, she told me there's gonna be a 40th birthday party for some woman, so I made a couple, I wrote a couple jokes for that. And, um, yeah, man, I drove up there and, and I mean, I'm going to tell you this, man, first of all, they laid out a spread for me because I, you know, anything that I wanted food or drink, I didn't drink much. Um, I didn't eat anything. I don't like to eat before a show, but, um, uh, you know, they, you know, anything I wanted was free. They had a room ready for me there. If I wanted to stay the night comped for me and everything like it was super awesome, man. And the place that they had was pretty cool. You know, they didn't have a stage, but they had me in a corner and, and it was, you know, they had it set up pretty nice for me and everything, but it was just kind of like one thing after another, because all of a sudden I was like, there's a door back here right behind me. Are people going to be coming in this door? And she's like, well, yeah, but you can work with that. And I'm like, Okay, you know, it's just like a lot of like, I have to come up with shit off the top of my head, and that's fine. Um, you know, I like a challenge, but I think I engaged about a third of that room. You know, there was a lot of people in there, but you have a woman's 40th birthday party. When I got there two hours before the show, um, they were trashed. You know, they were partying. They they were not there for anything else but partying, you know. And then you had the crowd of people around the bar that were there to drink and have fun on a Saturday night, you know. And then you had the other third of the people that were actually sitting at tables and were there to listen to a comedian. And I engaged them very well. But it was, God, dude, I was really working against the crowd, man. And I just, I know, cause I, I went through that fucking routine and I had 45 minutes and when I got done, it was 35 minutes. So that's how, that's how hard it was for me. Be, you know, usually I can work with the crowd a little bit, but this, it was so, and you, like, I, I could even see like some people were coming to sit up closer. Some people like they kind of like look behind them at the parties and stuff like that. And they're just like, dude, shut up. You know, like that kind of, a, it was, I was really working against two thirds of that crowd, which really kind of sucked. And, um, you know, 
I don't think that I don't think that you know my delivery with anything was put off by it or anything like that. But I just think that it was hard for them to get into it. You know, it's different when you go someplace where people are there to listen to the artistry, whatever it is. But when it comes to having to play against a Saturday night bar in a little town where that's the only fucking bar, like that's. Oh, it was tough, man. But I got paid for it, and she actually paid me 25% more than I was already supposed to be getting paid. So, and you know, they, they, they laid it out for me, man, and it was, it was cool. It was cool. But I just, I really had to work against that crowd, man, and it really kind of sucked. And I just really just made me so eager. That's, that's, the, that's the one thing I want to do, man, before I die. I just want to go to New York City. And there's people that say, oh, you should hit this. No, I want to go to New York fucking city, and I want to stay there for two weeks, two to three weeks. And I just want to do nothing but open mics as much as I can. And just do the New York comedy scene for, you know, even if nobody remembers me, you know, I'm not there to think, thinking I'm going to get signed to something or that some comedian is going to fucking discover. No, I just want to go and work nothing but New York comedy clubs, man. You know, that's all I want. And then just disappear, you know? And then, but I, that's because here's the thing like, you know, okay, I got paid for it. And that's great. I had more money in my pocket than I even thought I was going to have when I left that place. But I, you know, I like people to have a good time. And it was really hard for people to have a good time that came out for specifically that. So I, you know, I like to put on a good show and I like engaging the audience and it was just, it was really tough. So yeah, that kind of, it kind of sucked, but at the same time I got paid. I did make people laugh. You know, I, uh, I had jokes about my dog. I think that I was trying to think the other day of like, you know, what was the thing that landed the most with these people? And it was, you know, the one thing that they engaged the most in with was when I did jokes about our asshole dog. The fucking husky. He fucking yells at you and shit. Fuck that dog, man. I'm serious, dude. Like, that dog is such an asshat. And he knows it. He knows he does things wrong. And he knows that he's doing things wrong when he does them. Because he's been scolded about it a million fucking times. But he still fucking does it. And then Ashley will take a picture of, of the dog on the couch. Like, laying there all sweet and cuddly and everything like that. And I'll just post right underneath of it. What a dick. Cause that's what he is. He's a fucking dick. Alba snatch. I need to calm down. <laughs> See, this is what he does to me. This is what he does to me. I need to take a step back. So one of my favorite episodes that I've done of this in my 20 episodes has been the Hergis Kirch Gosler 232. And that was with my only guest as of yet, my buddy Adam. And it was a really fun interview. It was just it was fun just hanging out with him and and smoking with him again and stuff, even if it was, you know, over the phone. <coughs> but Adam is back in the jailhouse. He's in the jailhouse now. But He's in jail for doing something stupid, 
It wasn't, you know, it could have been a lot worse than it was, but it was, it was stupid. And, uh, he's going to have to fucking deal with it, man. He, you know, doing his time. And I'm just hoping that someday can be like it was, man. When me and him used to live right next door to each other. And we were in an apartment building and stuff. And like our apartments, we had to go up a flight of steps outside. And then our apartment doors were outside there up on this landing and everything. And kind of a cool little spot. Especially for a couple of kids that just got out of high school and shit. We had our girlfriends and... And, uh, and yeah, our apartments were identical, but they were like opposite. It was weird, but no, we lived there over the summer, 2003 and shit. And it was, uh, it was fucking fun, man. And, uh, I just hope that someday we can get to that point again. You know, we both work, you know, we both leave, go to work and come home and party and, and everything. And, you know, someday the kids will be, we'll all be older and, you know, someday all this shit will be fucking, you know, all this, all this parenting stuff will, you know, will subdue a little bit and is, you know, enough for, you know, us to, you know, properly have fun again. And not saying we can't have fun with our kids, but it's just, you know, you can't go to festivals. You know, we can't. People do it all the time. But we, we can't afford to go to festivals, you know, with our kids and stuff like that. We can't afford to go on vacations with our kids really that much because it's just, you know, it's it's a lot of fucking money, dude. And we just don't have a lot of fucking money. So it's just one of those things, man. But, you know, when the kids are are older, you know, and they're all working, maybe they can even be living in the house. We told them, hey, man, you know. I know it sucks right now, but you know, you guys are getting older. And once you guys get to the age where you can start having jobs and stuff like that, and everybody in the house is working and you guys are chipping in 50 bucks for, you know, the internet or 50 bucks for the electric or 50, you know, all that stuff will be able to afford to take some real family vacations, man. I know that you'll be older, you know, but we won't be so strapped for cash because it's hard, man. It's hard living these days for us always been hard on us that's why i bought a powerball ticket so it's not gonna be a big deal you know yeah if i do win the powerball you know i will still continue to do this podcast and it will be oodles <laughs> <coughs> It'll be oodles better. Because I'll have like a, like a space to have people over, you know. I just got this little office. But, uh, but it's a nice little office. I like it. I love my office. Someday I'll miss it. I know I will. Someday I'll be like, I wish I was sitting in my office right now. And here I am, sitting in my office looking around, seeing Jessica Alba looking at me and Jerry Garcia looking at me and Havoc and Wolverine's Meltdown comic book series looking at me. There's Snake Plissken over there looking at me. You got Elvis, Superman, Donald Trump on a roll of toilet paper, my shrine to Donnie, fucking big boy, random little hot bitches everywhere, you know, because I'm kind of, you know, 
I like I like the look of a of a good looking woman, you know. So, one thing that I've been kind of doing recently. First of all, I should talk about that. I should like I've been listening to some really cool stuff lately, man. Um, I've really kind of gotten into Less Than Jake a little bit. I've never really listened to them before. And thanks to my buddy John, I actually started listening to Less Than Jake. And slowly but surely, I'm kind of trickling more stuff in. Um, Tedeschi Trucks Band has a new project out. It's like four, like 35 to 40 minute long um, releases that have that are that are. It's called I Am the Moon, and it's really good stuff. Like. Take a, take a journey with Tedeschi Trucks Band sometime. And if you just want like a little taste, check out their tiny their tiny desk concert. But there's a song called um, uh, Soul Sweet Song. And um, it's about uh, Kofi Burbridge, I think is how you pronounce his name. He was their keyboard player and he was um, O'Teal Burbridge from Dead & Company, the bass player from Dead & Company's brother. And he died, and they wrote this song for him. And it's, you know, it's one of those songs where if you've lost anybody, it's it's a really good kind of cathartic song. You know, shows you how they've been able to, you know, just s- smile because they can still feel him here, you know. And that's how I feel with my mom a lot of the times. I really do feel her presence a lot when I'm not even expecting it and stuff. And it's weird shit, man. Death is a weird thing, and they don't really, they don't really prepare you for it when you're a kid, you know. Little Billy, just letting you know, every single person that you know, if you live to be a hundred, every single person that you know will probably die. In that time, you will watch everybody around you die. Your grandparents are gonna die. Your parents are gonna die. Your siblings are gonna die. Your best friends are gonna die. Everybody's gonna die, dude. And, you know, like, that's morbid shit, man. But, like, it fucking sucks. And I think that they need to kind of explain that shit a little bit more when you're younger. Somebody does. I don't know. Fuck. So, speaking of morbid shit, I was really into Halloween this year. Not in the ways of, like, the holiday itself, but the feeling around... October and just the darkness and the metal music, you know, and the scary movies and the blood and the people hanging things from trees and shit like that. And it's just like the whole mythos, but also slash like Gothic feel of it all. You know, I was really into it. And I really, I just told my wife this today. I was like, dude, you know, next Halloween, I want to do something that like cool. I don't know what, but I want to do something cool. And, you know, like, I I think it would be really, I really wish that I had money. Because I wouldn't just be a lazy prick. I would create some really cool shit if I had a lot of money. And one thing that I would love to do, especially in a town this small, I mean, it's, but it's not small, you know, and it's got, it's got traffic coming through and everything like that, you know, but, you know, 40,000 people, that's, that's still not a lot, 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 you know. But um, on the outskirts of town, open up a, 
a Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Mayhem, you know, or whatever it was and stuff like that. You couldn't call it Captain Spaulding's, but like have this like really cool roadside attraction. We don't have enough of that shit. And it's still it still doubles as an actual legitimate business because you have gas and you can have food because he sells chicken and, you know, you can even have a bar off to the side of it or something like that. You know, like it'd be a fucking cool little spot. You know, just put it a couple miles out of town, and and travelers, travelers of all, you know, will will come and check it out and everything. Bring the kitties, you know. I would fucking love to do that, man. And I actually came up with a cool name for it too, because okay, so the you know the Firefly lamp, the Firefly family. Okay, so if you don't know what Captain Spaulding's is, it's a a, a fictional like gas station roadside attraction, monsters and mayhem. And, you know, it's it's in Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. And uh, it's fucking sweet. Like, I, it looks really cool, like, in the movie. But I think it's a really cool idea in general. And, um, yeah, man. It'd be fucking sweet, dude. Like, I, I just think it'd be really, really fun. But then that idea um, generated a different idea for me. Because I was like, you'd have to have something cool. That's, you know, like something that people want to see, like an attraction that people want to see and everything. And um, and so I was thinking like, you know, 50 yards behind the building, you know, because this is, the you know, Museum of Monsters and Mayhem and stuff like that. And or Murderers and Mayhem. I think it's Murderers and Mayhem. Um, but you see, you know... You think about all the different like historical murders and murders that have taken place and crazy shit that's happened and everything, and and it be you just take you get one of those companies to come in and drop a fucking boulder, like a hundred yards, fifty yards behind uh, the the place. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I'm sorry. I'll go back to that. Um, I wanted to name it Doctor Hugo's. Doctor Hugo's, you know museum of blah 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 you know i i wouldn't want to like completely rip off rob zombie and and you know have copyright infringement and stuff like that but it'd be you know it'd be a similar place you know similar kind of place that you could you could go and see because it's a fictional thing it's from a fucking movie but um but anyways because dr hugo um is a character from our marx brothers thing that was never used in any of the um any of the Rob Zombie stuff because the Firefly family were all named after Groucho Marx characters and, and stuff like that. So, um, Dr. Hugo, fuck man, it's a weird ass name. Oh, it's, it's like deliciously weird. Hold on. Groucho. Come on, give me Groucho. There you are. Okay. Dr. Hugo Z. Hackenbush. Dr. Hugo Z. Hackenbush. And I just thought that was a really cool name. And kind of go off the whole Rob Zombie lifting from a Marx thing, Marx Brothers thing. I could just call it Dr. Hugo's instead of Captain Spaulding's. And it'd be really fucking cool, man. I think it'd be really cool. I'd love for Rob Zombie to come and see it. You know, like that'd be fucking sweet. And just be like, this is kind of an homage to your stuff, you know? But. 
Um, but yeah, dude, have a have a, a company come in, drop a fucking boulder, um, like fifty to a hundred yards in the back, and you could put you know a little landscaping around it, like not with flowers or anything. I don't know. You could maybe it'd be weirder, but you could call it the murder rock, and you could tell this twisted story about how. We brought this rock in from the from the 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 mountains of the Appalachia, where uh, this you know family was homesteaded. And I started getting like started constructing the story around this rock, you know the, this you know this group of people um, were ambushed as they were coming as they were trying to cross a, a a smaller terrain of the of the mountains and stuff. These people were ambushed by murderers and thieves and stuff like that. And there was like, you know, 200 fucking people in this, in this party. So there was like, you know, at least 150 fucking murderers and thieves and stuff. And they all took turns raping and killing the women on this one boulder, this one rock, this one murder rock. And we brought it and it's out back and that'll be five bucks, you know, something like that. And then if it's nighttime and shit, it could be pitch black back there. We're out in the middle of nowhere, mind you, a couple miles out of town, it'd be pitch black back there and shit like that. You go back there and you're like, where's this fucking rock at? You just keep on going straight. Where's this fucking rock at? And then all of a sudden, like there's motion lights and it just like fucking flashes and it's right in front of them. And there's the murder rock. This is the rock that like, fucking 175 women were raped and murdered on and shit like people would fuck people are morbid man they'd fucking do it they would fucking come for that i'd fucking go see that i'd be like let's fucking check out the murder rock dude so then i was thinking about how like that'd be a cool story in like you know in a tales from the crypty kind of way and so i started developing a couple more stories and they're fucking weird man and and like I was thinking about maybe doing something like that for Halloween, like releasing like a little, you know, you know, my own kind of tales from the crypt kind of a thing where I just tell these weird, dark ass fucking stories and shit, dude. You know, with the murder rock, it can be like, you know, some say that, you know, you can still find the murder rock, you know. And you could even say that, oh, it was it was hauled around as a sideshow attraction for you know, for years and stuff. And then it ended up, some people say that it ended up outside of, outside of this little town in South Dakota, you know, or some shit like that. <laughs> you know, it's fucking crazy shit, dude. Yeah, man. Like, I want to do something cool. Like, I was really, I'm really kind of into this whole... <coughs> I don't know. Just get, let's get spooky with it. You know, I kind of like spooky shit and, you know, I wish that I had a job where it was just kind of like, I could feel like that all year, you know, like a tattoo parlor, like <laughs> tattoo parlors, you know, they always have like metal music playing and shit. Like all the ones that I've ever been to. They always have, like, metal music playing, and everybody just looks all spooky and just like, yeah. You know, it looks like fun. I love shit like that, dude. Fucking, like, the crow kind of shit. Like, ha. Oh. I just love that dark gothic feel, especially if you ever catch it in real life, you know. 
some of those chicks in high school that were goth, man, they were some weird ass fucking chicks, dude. And some of my buddies that were goth, I was never goth. I was just a metalhead. I wasn't goth though. But uh, but I hung out with some goths, and those motherfuckers, man, they they were an eclectic bunch. You know, they really were. Some of the poetry that I read coming out of some of those people and shit like that was some crazy shit, dude. And it was good. And it was published and shit, man. Like, there's, you know, there's a lot of really cool aspects to that culture. And I just, I really, you know, I dig it. I'm not, like, into, like, I want to sacrifice things. And, you know, I, I don't know what any of them, you know, they're fucking weird, man. Some of them are fucking weird. So, and some of the ones that I met are fucking weird, but not like, you know, doing anything illegal that I know of, you know, this was back in high school, mind you, but there was some people that I, that I met coming from like St. Louis and shit like that, that were hanging out with some of the people that I used to hang out with and shit. Um, and cause we were in, we were in fucking Columbia and shit, Columbia, Missouri and stuff. And yeah, dude. That was some fucking crazy ass shit, man. Some of those people were weird. But I dig it, man. I dig it. It's awesome. Fucking A, it was awesome. So yeah, man. I I just I have like some I have a spark of creativity. I just don't know how to don't know how to do anything with it, man. There's a couple of different things that I would love to fucking do. I just need to put the fucking time and the effort in doing them. And it's just, you know, you put your time and effort into stuff, especially artistic stuff, for so long, and it doesn't really catch hold with anybody. And nobody, you know, nobody ever really fucking acknowledges it as like, in the ways of just, I don't know, nothing ever catches on. Nobody's ever, ever, ever that interested, you know, and, you know, it, that fucking dude in, uh, in seven, John Doe in seven actually said it very, very, you know, very weirdly, but he said it and it, and it makes sense. You know, these days you can't just tap somebody on the shoulder, you know, uh, And, and, you know, some people have to, you know, fucking be, you know, you have to like really hit them with something, you know, and my wife and I have talked about the fact that, you know, there's all these people like, let's say John Mayer, you know, John Mayer came out with pop album. It was a pop album, you know, and then the next album was a pop album with some guitar in it, like some really, uh, you know, another one with some like. The guitaring, the guitar playing got better in it and stuff. The guitaring, the guitar playing got better in it and stuff. And then all of a sudden it was just like he did his thing to get his ass where it was. And then he was able to just be free. And that's, I, I love seeing that, man. Uh, I love seeing, you know, fuck, man. You got to, you know, you do what you do to get your get noticed and then you can do whatever but you have to bring the people what they like and what they want and some people are geniuses at that 
I just don't think I have the money to promote things and to shoot them properly. That's why I haven't done a lot of the things that I've wanted to do because I don't have the cameras to do it and I don't have the money to rent cameras to do it. You know, and I know I should just be going guerrilla style, but and I can do that for like one or two of them. But uh, my Back to the Future 4, man, I just I, I need to make sure that that looks good, you know, and I, I want a camera that will make it look fucking good. And I want to be able to get an editing program that I can make it look fucking good, man. So, yeah, I, I just I just feel like I need to wait, you know. I just feel like I need to wait. And hopefully this dude sticks around a little bit or I'm able to buy one of my own. Because uh, there's a dude in town that has a DeLorean. And he told me I could use it. I'm not going to drive it. I can't fit in that motherfucker. I'm too big for that shit. We went and looked at it for Father's Day a couple of years ago. It was really nice of them because it was like deep COVID and shit. But we went and looked at it for Father's Day. And, and uh, yeah, the kids got to sit in a real DeLorean and shit. It was pretty sweet. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I want to do Back to the Future 4 so bad, dude. But I just, I need to make sure that it's right. So I do need to focus myself more on the you know the gorilla fucking you know aspect of making films when you don't have money because it can be done and I'm I can fucking do it I just need to put my mind to it and shit so it's just been hard fucking having to you know go to two different jobs and shit like that and I might have a third one on the line I'm not sure you know so yeah but but yeah, man. Whoa. Come back. But no, I like the aspect of like uh writing spooky shit. And I got some I got some really weird shit that I have written down. And I want to write it out and I wanna, you know, do something with it, man. Because I already made one little movie and then I remade it. Um and I think I want to remake it again. At least one little fucking part. But uh, anyways, um, I, I have brought one thing to life, one of my ideas to life, and I took it to a film festival. And all these people won all these awards and everything like that. And it was a 24-hour film festival. And you had to... Uh, incorporate three different things and you had to, it had to be, excuse me, I think it was seven minutes. Yeah, I think it was seven minutes long. And, uh, and my category was superhero. And I always had this, I always had this little treatment written up about this it's in a hotel room and it's a woman sitting there watching TV and she's watching the news and it's about, you know, a little kid that's, you know, that's been found and he was murdered and all that shit and everything. And, 
and she's crying. And then all of a sudden she stands up and she goes over and she grabs a bunch of shit. And like, you know, grabs a couple guns and shit like that, puts a fucking coat on and fucking all of a sudden she just activates something that fucking it's a big flash of light. She walks into it and she's gone and the TV's still on. And all of a sudden the TV kind of fuzzes out and the news story changes just a little bit. And it changes to, oh, we found that they actually, you know, instead of that, there's a different news story going on saying that they found this kid alive. And the fucking, uh, the kid tells, tells a story about how somebody came in and rescued him from this fucking rapist murderer and shit like that. And, and, uh, and then all of a sudden she appears, she's covered in fucking blood and goes and looks in the mirror and just fucking screams. And like, that was, that was it. That was like the whole thing. And I thought it was like a really cool, like time travel kind of an idea. And so I did it. It, it wasn't exactly what I wanted to, you know, how I wanted it to come out, but I had 24 hours to, to put it together. You know, like I didn't even know what the fuck was going to happen. All of a sudden somebody was like, you should just show up and you should just do it. You know, you, you're good at stuff like that. And I was like, I've never done anything like that, but okay. And so I showed up and. Uh, you know, all these people knew each other. Like everybody was like all happy and friendly and stuff like that. And, and that was nice, but I, I just always feel like the odd man out. And so I just fucking, I don't know, man, I, just, I was very uncomfortable that night, but I drew a superhero and I was like, you know, I could make that chick into a superhero, you know? And so I did it. It was very low budget and it was done in my basement and shit. And I had, and I did the voice of the radio, but I did it and I took it there and I saw it on the big screen. I saw my work on the big screen at the film festival and people enjoyed it, but there was all these awards that went around and everything like that. And, and nobody got it. Nobody like took the time to appreciate because everything was campy. Every single other movie that was in that 24-hour film festival was campy and fun and, you know, and then here comes mine, boom, chick covered in blood, you know? And um, there was a couple people that were like, that was really fucking cool, man. Uh, but then a lot of people were like, I didn't get it. Or a lot of people were like, was that a trailer? And I was just like, it's just cerebral, man. It's just, it's fucking weird. It's for you to think about, you know? And I hope somebody in that theater saw that and was like, it stuck with them and like the whole idea, the concept of it. And they're just like, I saw this th one thing one time and it was really, I've always the fucking kind of went back to it and was like, that's fucking weird, man. Like that's weird and that's cool. Cause I just thought it was weird and cool. And when I think something like, you know, I, I'm a, I, I like movies and stuff like that. I would watch that and be like, that's fucking sweet. That's awesome. I love time travel shit. Even something as simplistic as that. So yeah, that was the one that I that I brought that I actually like, you know, put out there and did something with because I had to do I did it in a pinch. Um, but there's another one that I want to do. It's right now. It's just entitled Sailboats, and as it's it's about there's a painting of a sailboat. And um, I think it, 
Yeah. There's a painting of a sailboat or multiple sailboats or something like that. But that's a, a that painting is kind of like a little character in this little thing about people that are able to like switch bodies with other people, like switch consciousness with other people. And it's fucking nuts. And like, I've written like three or four different kinds of treatments for it around it, kind of tweaking it and stuff like that. And I'm, I still don't feel like I'm even anywhere near done, like trying to put it together <laughs> for a, a filming opportunity, you know, but who knows, you know, who knows? It's kind of one of those things that's that's really there, though, that if somebody pushed me to do it, I would do it. So maybe I just need to do it. <laughs> but, yeah. Hey, so that's the album Snatch, and it's beautiful. It's a great buzz. And if you ever, ever see Alba Snatch out there, I highly recommend it. Because it's amazeballs. But yeah, so that's yeah weird stories and shit like that. That's something I, I, I've always had a passion for. And I think I have, you know... And, you know, if I can get them to a point where I can just, like, put them in a, you know, a story form and really put the detail into the story and everything, because I have the idea and I have shots. Like, I, I, I think of things in the ways of in the ways of a, a movie and how it would look, how I would film it and, like, you know, what the angles would be and stuff like that of, you know, his footsteps walking this way and, like, where, where I would want, like, where my eyes and my visual perception sees those how it's seeing those feet walking you know that's i have such a more of a mind than of that than like transcribing an entire story with all the detail and everything like that i'm not i'm not, I'm not good at that but giving it a shot you know so yeah man it's been like 46 minutes or something like that so i should probably get trucking but thank you all it's been nice. I mean, you know, and I want to thank if the lady that that put on that stand-up show the other night listens to this by chance, I want her to know that it was I you know, it was such a fun little jaunt up there and then, you know, she was a, she was a joy and a bliss and the bartender was really fucking cool and you know, I had a, I had a good time in that aspect, and you know, I'm happy that some people were able to enjoy the show enough to laugh. Um, it's just one of those ones that you know, hey man, I, I had to work against a crowd, and I'm not the first, and I'm not the last that's going to have to do that, and this isn't the first and the last time that I will have to do that. So, you know, yeah, but you know, it was a good paying gig. Got out of town for a little bit. So, yeah, it was cool. Well, you guys keep it real. And, uh, and yeah, man, just do something with your artistry. Do something with it. Do something cool with it. Take the jump. Try to do it. Because I need to do that. So, <coughs> you guys have a great day. It's Tony Tone. And this is Snurbage, the podcast. And thanks to Sheldon Starr for your lovely artwork and Young Stone for 
continuing to allow me to use this amazing track. I be smoking. I got that blueberry, raspberry, and we keep that juicy fruit.